Thank you very much indeed for inviting me today. Um, I was particularly impressed by the King's Fund and Cyril naming some lecture theatres after me downstairs. Um, the, majority, the majority of doctors are hard-working individuals, and I'm most grateful for that as your patient. You're seeking to do the best for your patients, and often you do do that. But you're a bunch of lions led by donkeys. The leaders of the profession really have failed to drive the profession to the use of measurement to inform management. We don't have comparative data. We need accurate, timely data in order to identify outliers and trends so that you can be a better doctor when I come to see you. The data are poor, we all lament. And why is that? Why haven't the profession led the improvement in data? Noble people like uh, John Williams and Brendan Devlin in the 80s did that and improved the data considerably, but they don't have an easy time with the profession. Management is about control. We want to be able to control the quality of care and ensure patient safety. We want to look at these trends and these outliers. Today, listening at the conference, people were talking about, you know, as if it's strange that doctors should be managers. Doctors are the major managers in any healthcare system. It's you who determine where the resources go, not some little dark-coated gentleman I work with in my own trust. It's the doctors who are deciding on an everyday basis where the resources are used and how they are managed. And if the management is poor, it is equally the responsibility of clinicians as well as the non-clinical managers in sorting that out. Now, not all medical leaders are donkeys. There have been some exceptions that prove the rule. These exceptions have had a difficult time. And I, as you can see, I'm quite old. So I can remember the late Brendan Devlin and the times he had in the 80s. He was the architect, or one of the architects, of the confidential inquiry into perioperative deaths. And he was the subject of much antagonism from outraged surgeons who did not want to be confused by comparators. Brendan always argued that his progression through the Clinical Excellence Award was surely severely restrained by his colleagues' antagonism and that of the Royal College, where he ended up being on the council. Another leadership man who was really an exemplar for us all was, of course, Archie Cochrane. Now, Archie, bless him, was a real iconoclast. And he likened the NHS, and I think we can liken all healthcare systems, to a crematorium. I'll quote him. I once asked a worker at a crematorium who had a curiously contented look on his face what he found so satisfying about his work. He replied that what fascinated him was the way in which so much went in and so little came out. <laughs> I thought of advising him to take a job in the NHS. It might increase his job satisfaction, but decided against it. He probably gets his kicks from the visual demonstration of the gap between input and output. A more statistical demonstration might not have worked so well. Now, Cochrane was famous for challenging people. And I co-authored a book on the 25th anniversary of his book with uh, Syrian Chalmers. And we recalled an event in New Zealand where some American was saying that, you know, about 20% of healthcare had an evidence base. And Archie leapt to his feet and shouted, you're a filthy liar, it's only 10%. The issue continues to be how much of medicine has an evidence base. And if you look at the BMJ's clinical research data, what you find is that about 12% is beneficial, another 22% is likely to be beneficial, 49% has no evidence base at all. 
and we'll probably never be able to do trials because you're doing it and it's maybe unethical to withdraw it. So much of medicine is really like witchcraft. You know, it's very strange. But then we should be proud of how much in medicine is known compared to social workers, judges, probation officers, educationalists. There's no randomised controlled trials there. It's just bloody ignorance that drives policy. So we have to be modest about what we know. But what does this problem give us? We haven't got a good evidence base. So what we do is, of course, get major variations. And Richard's talked about the variations in the state. And we've gone on and on and on through decades. And everyone sits down being very earnest, writing a report and saying, there's variations in clinical practice. Doctors do different things to similar patients with similar needs. Barbara Castle. Old Dobbo in 1998 and nice young Darcy, saying exactly the same things. But we've not done anything about it. If you go to the States in 1976, when is saying healthcare delivered locally reflects what the clinician likes to do rather than the population need. We've known it only for about 30 years, and people haven't done much about it. Uh, Elliot Fisher, Annals in Internal Medicine, more recently in the New England Journal, saying to um, Obama, if he really wants to introduce more national health insurance, the best way to do it is to cut down all this regional variation. And Elliot has argued that about 30% of Medicare is wasted. And if you could just get everyone to adopt safe, conservative, evidence-based practice, you'd save a lot of money. So we don't need more money, but we need better use of the money. And that's now becoming quite urgent. Because I'm doing some work with WHO in Latvia. Latvia have just cut public pay by 20% across the board. The Icelandics have cut public sector pay by 10%. We're on the same route. So we're going to have less money, and we're going to have less money as individuals. So are the lions, you guys, prepared to really push the donkeys and work collaboratively to defend patient care? I really do hope so. The donkeys who have led you and the politicians that they've manipulated in the last decades have probably, if one wants to be emotional, killed and maimed more citizens than many wars. I mean, the usual argument in the United States is hospital errors kill about 100,000 a year, which is a much more successful way of killing Americans than going to Iraq or um, to Afghanistan, sadly. So the lions have to get your act together. We have to work collaboratively. I'm a mere economist and a chairman of a trust. We have to work collaboratively, whether we're clinicians or non-clinicians. We need that comparative data. We need to move towards integrated care. I was saying to one of my colleagues today, why doesn't primary care take over my hospital? Why don't I take over primary care? Why do we have this division? It's barking mad. And of course, we want EBM which, as always, must stand for economics-based medicine. Thank you. Thank you, Alan. Can I just ask, you, you, you imply that our political leaders, medical political leaders, have a great deal of influence. Is that really your view, that it's all down to them? I think the medical and political leaders have considerable leverage if they wish to exert, exert it. <laughs>